0: This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Visit FocusedCarWash.com for more information. Welcome to The How of Car Washing. The podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin with this episode of the How of Car Washing. How's everybody doing today? Hope you got your year started off great. Hope you got your plans and your goals set you're starting to execute on those plans and goals. Do you set a lot of goals in your car wash? I think you should. I think you ought to set a whole raft of different goals. Uh, keep them sort of, uh, you know, don't set a ton of them, but, but you ought to be setting goals in all types of different areas. Set goals for customer service, set goals for your employees, set goals for your metrics. We talked about metrics, I think in the last podcast. So, you know, use that and then talk about what you're going to do in the future. But, uh, Car washing has never been brighter it's exciting what's going on in our industry. lots of activity uh lots of challenges, but lots of activity and the, and the people that uh, that decide they want to execute well in their business will uh, will rise to the top so I think the one thing that's that's important to understand is is things are not the way they used to be and I know I hear a lot of frustration from car wash operators and owners that things are different right we're not it's uh we used to have this Um, we used to have this agreement, you know, amongst car wash operators that we wouldn't build next to each other and that we wouldn't, um, you know, we would, we'd give each other space and, you know, and, and, and I get that. I mean, I, I'm, I get frustrated with that too, but, but the reality is things are much different nowadays and there's all types of different operators getting into the business. There's consolidators, there's private equity, there's a lot of independent operators getting involved. So th- things are changing. So we've got we to embrace the change. We've got to embrace what's happening. And uh, we've got to figure out how we're going to uh, be able to profit from the changes. So, um, you know, looking in the past, uh, I think, can, can be counterproductive and wishing things were different can be counterproductive. But what I wanna talk about today was something that I had an epiphany on probably three or four weeks ago, As I'm starting to transition from being a car wash owner right now into what's next for me. Um, you know, I've been doing some coaching with some transition, uh, transition experts because uh, I wanted to make sure that the transition that I made between being an operator and an owner to being a consultant to uh, doing some other things uh, went well, so I, I wanted to study that. So I've worked with with some coaching, and um, you know, one thing I think I want to talk about is is the fact that we've got to learn to say no in our personal life, and we've got to say no in our car wash business as well. And um, you know, as as this competition comes around, as things change, as the model for car washing change, you know, owners are are scrambling, and chains are scrambling, and looking for ways to differentiate themselves from the competition. And, and one thing that I see people doing is they're starting to do what I call service creep, that we're starting to add services to, to our business um, that either other car washes don't have or car washes already have. And it's interesting when I go to a particular market, I'll see this uh, where people are adding things and then everybody else is starting to add things. And it could be as simple as, uh, you know, we're going to start towel drying at the end of the tunnel. So we're going we're to towel dry Uh, the car as quickly as we can as it comes out the end of the tunnel. If you're an exterior express um, car wash, um, we're going to be adding buff buff and shine units to try to get all the water droplets off at the end. And so, you know, my competition's got a buff and dry machine. I've got to get a buff and dry machine. Um, And and I'm seeing this kind of this, this escalation or this, this arms race in terms of adding services. And um, you know, when we say yes to these additional services, um, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we saying no to? And that's what I, I want to kind of go through here. So, you know, our tendency as entrepreneurs are to say yes to opportunities. I mean, we said yes to being a car wash owner. We we love opportunities, you know, as business people we're always kind of investigating and looking at opportunities. Um, yeah, that's how we grow as people. That's how we get bigger, right? We, we add additional sites. We add additional units. We we decide we're gonna add an oil change to our car wash. We're gonna decide we're gonna add some full service or flex serve capabilities to our car washes. And, and that's how we grow and prosper. So, you know, it's, it's very natural for us as owners and managers to want to say yes to things because, you know, we are probably yes people and, and that's how we got to where we are, right? We, we, we looked at opportunities and we said, I'm in, I, w- I want to try them. You know, but we're we're kind of in an interesting place in our society and with with technology where, you know, with the advance of choices, um, it becomes problematic. You know, if you think about, you know, when I was growing up, there was three TV channels, right? Or there was a fourth one. There was ABC, NBC, CBS, and there might be a U- UHF station that you could flip over to. But you had, you know, between three and four uh, channel choices. That was it. But now you have hundreds and hundreds of channels you can go to. You know, if you look at the restaurant industry, how many different choices there are in the restaurant industry now. You know, you used to have a couple pizza places in town. Now you might have 15 or 20 different types of pizza pizza places in town. Um, You know, our our ability to enjoy leisure activities has increased tremendously. And so we've got a lot of different choices, uh, you know, what we can do from a leisure standpoint, what we can do outdoors. Um, You know, grocery stores. Think about when you go to a grocery store now, um, how many different brands there are for the same food item? And you know, Again, when we were growing up, we had maybe two or three different brands we can choose from. But now there's so many different brands. You think about mustard, how many different brands of mustard are sitting on the shelves, different flavors of mustard uh, that you can choose from. Uh, you know, you think about we were so excited when Baskin-Robbins came into play. They had 32 different flavors that uh, that you can choose from. I, I did a little research because I was wondering. I was looking at my smartphone, and I was asking myself, you know, how many different apps are there for smartphones? And right now, on the Apple iPhone, there are close to 2 million different apps that are available. 2 million apps. And I just can't imagine that. I feel like I got maybe a million on my phone right now, and I use them, maybe a fraction of them. But uh, 2 million apps. And I also ask the question, how many podcasts are there out there? So right now, currently... There are an estimated eight hundred thousand different podcasts out there, probably on every different subject matter under the sun. So I appreciate you listening to this podcast uh, with so many choices out there. But um, you know, it's it's it, it's our desire to be successful uh, and our desire to grow, and and again, those are all good things, right? That that help us take advantage of opportunities and and uh, and say yes to things. But what I've been seeing, probably in the last. 12 to 18 months is this prevailing body of thought out there that says success in the future will not be determined by our ability to say yes to things, but it will be determined by our ability to say no to things. Um, and if, if you've probably have heard the term in the last year or so called FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. Um, and, and a lot of psychologists are talking about that FOMO is causing significant stress in our society because we're, we, we, we get information from lots of different sources. And if you think about the social media aspects of where we get our information, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Snapchat, um, you know, fear of missing out uh, because we see other people's lives kind of in a, in a very narrow sense, but we're looking at other people's lives in, in, uh, on Facebook, we're looking at other people's lives on Instagram. And, and we get this feeling like other people are having more fun than we are. Other people are more successful than we are or other people are experiencing better things than we are. And, um, you know, that that becomes problematic because we really don't see these people in in a whole sense. You know, we're not we could be friends with them on Facebook. But, you know, I, I've got friends on Facebook that I've never met and I really don't you know, I don't have a vested interest in what's going on in their lives. I don't understand what's going on in their lives. You know, we don't communicate on a regular basis. I just see them on Facebook and I'm only seeing a certain version of them. And a lot of it is, is what what's called a curated version. So you we talk about people that have curated uh, versions of Instagram. Um, and it was interesting. I was talking to my kids uh, a while back and, and they were telling me that a lot of people on Instagram They've got a curated version of themselves. So they have two Instagram accounts. They've got one, which is a curated version for what they want the world to see. And then they've got a version for their friends. And it's things they just automatically post no matter what. And they don't think about what they're posting uh, on Instagram. So I, I thought that was very interesting that people are actually going to that level of creating two different versions and two two different accounts of what's going on. Um, you know, but, but on Facebook, so, you know, when I... I look at Facebook, you know, occasionally I try to stay off of it as much as possible. I love talkcarwash.com and, and seeing what's going on there. But, you know, most people only post the good stuff, right? So if you look at your friend's vacation that they took to Europe, um, you know, we, we're always, saying, oh, wow, they had a great vacation to Europe. Well, you're seeing a few pictures of what happened. You don't, you don't hear about what happened on their vacation. You don't hear about the fact that they missed their flights or, or uh, the hotel that they checked into wasn't quite what they thought, or they missed the train, or whatever's going on. You you don't hear about that. You only see the good things. And so your brain starts, you know, thinking, oh, they had a super awesome vacation. And then we, we always get into this, this uh, process of comparing ourselves to other people. And when you're sitting at home on Facebook and you're looking at your friend's vacation in Europe, um, you know, you're thinking, wow, man, I'm, you know, They're obviously doing better than I am. They're on a vacation in Europe and I'm sitting at the house, you know, taking a look at Facebook and then, and then we, we, we naturally do that type of comparison. It's, it's not healthy, but, but we tend to do that comparison and we don't give it much thought that we're only seeing a small slice of what's going on on vacation or a small slice of what's going on in their life. And then, you know, they, they, they choose the parts to create an image uh, that probably isn't the overall reality. And and the reason why I, br- I bring that up is because that you know this this fear of missing out is creating this this tendency to want to say yes to everything and 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 that's what that's you know that, that's becoming I think it's becoming a, a major problem but we you know we're we're doing that in our personal lives we're having to say yes oh yeah I need to be mountain biking or I need to be uh paragliding or I need to be going to Europe or or whatever because i see all my friends doing that and I guess that's what what everybody does nowadays Um and but we also do that in in our in our car wash lives too. You know, where where we're looking at a snippet. So, you know, it happens on talk car wash on Facebook, for example. You know, we're looking at somebody's car wash and, you know, they're they're posting curated views of what's going on at their car wash. They're posting how great their employees are operating and how great their employees are working together as a team and and uh you know i'm thinking well my car wash you know my my guys are doing okay but they're not operating as a team as good as i wish they were and you know i'm looking at uh, car wash lines on carwash.com i think well they got they got more cars they're washing more cars than i am and you know their customers seem to be happy than than i am and they're producing a better car than i am and and you do this comparison and then you end up you know getting into this mental spin of things aren't going well. So then you start thinking about, oh, I've got to, got to do better. So then we start thinking about wrap, ramping up that, that offering. This episode of the How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Whether you are a new investor or a seasoned operator looking to make improvements, the experienced team at Focus can help you every step of the way. For more information, please go to FocusedCarWash.com. And then we start adding things, right? We start thinking maybe we need to add things to, to compete or maybe we need to add things to improve customer service. And, and we really don't count the cost when we do that. And, and I, man, I tell you what, I, I did have that epiphany a few, few weeks back when I was doing some of my, my worksheets on my transition of when I say yes to something, what do I say no to? So, you know, now that uh, we've, got, we've got a place in the mountains and we're going skiing more often, I, I you know, I thought, well, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to go up to the mountains and we're going to ski and we've got a place to stay and it's going to be beautiful and all these great things. But then I didn't really sit down and say, okay, what am I saying no to? So if I'm gone most weekends from our house uh, here in Colorado Springs, what am I saying no to? So I'm saying no to relationships I'm saying no to getting things done that I could normally get done easily. Um, And and I just, just didn't realize what I was saying no to. When I decided I wanted to get into cycling pretty heavily, I didn't, you know, I said yes to that, but I didn't think about, okay, it's gonna take some time. I mean, you know, to be a decent cyclist, you need to spend at least three to five hours a week on your bike doing some training to keep your fitness level up. Um, you know, what are you saying no to? So when you're committing three to five hours there, um, what are you saying no to? So I'm, I'm obviously saying no to certain things. And, and um, I, I always say yes, but I never consider what I'm saying no to. And so I want you to think about that from a car wash perspective, because I think that's probably, you know, one thing we, we sort of get in trouble with um, when, when, when we start doing this this services creep here. So, you know, as we talk about that, you know, as I kept saying yes and yes and yes to most things. So I, I kind of got in a situation in the last two or three years where I said yes to a lot of things. And, I, you know, I was building products and I was you know, looking at doing consulting and I built a safety training video series. And we had a maintenance system and I was saying yes to a lot of things. But, you know, I, I spread myself out way too thin. You know, I was trying to operate three car washes and come up with all these other things. And, uh, you know, spread myself really thin and came really close to getting really burned out. And, uh, and so now I'm being very, very cautious, you know, what I say yes to. And and I wanna, wanna make sure I sit down and I count that cost, Um, you know. So when you say yes to an opportunity you're saying no to something else. So as I do some consulting, you know, I was working with somebody who just opened a wash and they feel like they wanna compete with the car wash down the street, so what they want to do is they want to offer what I call a cart service. So most of us are familiar with the cart service, or we've seen it, where there's carts out there next to the vacuum areas that have towels in them. They've got window cleaner, and they might have some air freshener, uh, you know, offering some different different things for the customer who's vacuuming, which is a nice service, right? That you can offer. But when you say yes to that. I don't think this particular person understands what they're saying no to. And it was very difficult to kind of get through to them, you know, what they're saying no to uh, when they're offering cart service. So they only have between, I think they've got about 10 different vacuum spaces. So if you can imagine if they're going to have, you know, a car wash with any volume, 10 vacuum spaces is probably the minimum you need, but it's not enough, right? So if they say yes to doing cart services, they're saying yes to that customer spending more time in that vacuum stall because there's added services now that they can do. They can clean their windows. They can, you know, they might have air air hoses where they're going to blow out the car or whatever it's going to be. But they're obviously going to spend more time in that vacuum space. So what are they saying no to? They're saying no to throughput in the vacuums. So, you know, chances are when a customer comes through, if they're doing volume, the vacuum spaces are going to be full and that's gonna frustrate the customer. They're gonna have increased cost, so they're gonna to have to pay for all that type of stuff. And then when they buy the first 1,000 towels, and in two or three weeks those 1,000 towels disappear because customers inadvertently leave them in their car and drive off, you know there's gonna be some increased cost there. And plus it's gonna take some additional management. So you know they're gonna to have to get those carts prepared in the morning, they're gonna to have to refill the carts during the day, they're gonna to have to buy whatever products or supplies that, the, that are in those carts. So there's a whole list of things that are going to go on that maybe they haven't considered. So the, the basic idea of offering a cart is good, but, you know, what are you going to say no to? So there's always a trade-off in life when you say yes to something, you're saying uh, no to something else. And I just think it's really important to sit down and, and understand that. So when we had our wash, I was very diligent. About what I was saying no to, and I had customers always trying to push the envelope with us and you know ask us to do additional services, and you know c- kind of require us to do additional services, demand that we do additional services, but but you know that's not what we wanted to be. So the things I wanted to say yes to at our car wash was I wanted to say yes to th- speed and throughput. So I wanted to make sure if a customer came to our wash, you know and they were in line they had a reasonable chance to get through that line quickly. Um, so I wanted to make sure we had good throughput in our in our car wash. And it, it wasn't necessarily always about making money, but it was about making sure the customer had a good expectation that when they came and they saw a line, they were willing to stay in that line because they knew that line moved. Right. And we used the analogy of Disney before, where, you know, they have super long lines at Disney, but as long as that line is moving, people seem to be okay with it. And that, that's what I wanted to institute in our car washes was making sure we had good throughput. The other thing I wanted to say yes to was consistency. So people got a consistent wash at our car wash. So making sure our equipment was tuned to the point where people were gonna get their car relatively clean um, every time they came through. So they they could expect a good wash. I didn't want them having a great wash one week and a mediocre wash the next week, um, and then I wanted to say yes to value. You know, we were kind of a value-based car wash. We were probably just a little lower than market value in in our marketplace, and I wanted people to have a you know be able to not think about the price as much. You know, make make it value-based. Uh, so those are the three things I said yes to. So when I said so when I said yes to those three things, what did I say no to? So I said no to cars being 100% dried. So, you know, they got 90 to 95% dried, but they weren't 100% dried. And I said, we weren't going to, you know, you were going to still probably have some water droplets on your car when you left. We did the best we could with the blowers we had, but we weren't going we to hand dry. I said no to having your car 100% perfectly clean. And that's hard to say sometimes, and it's hard for car washers to admit, but when your car is getting machine washed, right, you're not going to get every crease and crevice on a car. There are still going to be a few spots like around the license plate. You know, I've got a, i got ai got a new truck and there's some areas around the uh, where, where the wheel wells are that, that don't, you know, the brushes or the cloth have difficulty cleaning. So, you know, I get my towel out there and I wipe it off and I, I'm good. I'm able to do that, you know, from a do it yourself standpoint, but we don't get your car perfectly clean. That's not what you're paying for. The other thing that I said too, when I said yes to value we were gonna have a lot of customers. So we got a lot of volume, which means I was gonna say no to the fact that vacuum spaces were always gonna be available. There are times that you could come to our wash and there wouldn't be a vacuum space available. Now we did the best we could, but you know, there's gonna be times where we're super busy, you might have to come back and vacuum your car. So I was very clear about what I was saying yes to and what I was saying no to. So you know, be very clear in terms of what you you know what you're offering your customer and what you will not offer your customer. You know, if you're going to be a successful car wash, you cannot be all things to all people and expect to be successful. You need to learn to say no, right? I've had customers want me to vacuum their cars out. So when I was on site, you know, they wanted me to vacuum their cars out. And when I first started the business, I would do that occasionally for them, but then I realized that set an expectation that wasn't wasn't gonna work for them. You know, they wanted me to make sure their car was dried. You know, they wanted me to to make sure that every bug was off of their car. And, and that's just not what we were about, right? So I think you've gotta feel really good and you gotta feel really confident about saying no because you will attract the right type of customer that wants to come to your wash. And if somebody wants a full service car wash or somebody wants the interior cleaned out, There are other car washes in town that they can go to that that gives that service and is going to do a great job for them, right? So every customer doesn't need to be your customer. You just need to make sure you get your customers. And I use this analogy a lot with Southwest Airlines uh, because I I love Southwest Airlines, and that's the one I love to fly, right? They've got the highest customer satisfaction of any airline in the U.S., but there's a lot of things they don't offer, right? They don't offer assigned seating. So you got to get in line with everybody and, you know, depending on what number you get, you get whatever seats available and that works for them. It really works well. It, it gets people loaded relatively quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, and for me, it's OK. Every once in a while, I do get a center seat and I just I learn to live with it. Uh, but, you know, there's no assigned seating on Southwest and that's what makes them unique but what do they say yes to? So when, when they say no to assigned seating, what they say yes to is getting people loaded quicker and then they can get their planes turned around quicker. Uh, when Southwest Airlines first start, their goal was to get a plane turned around in 15 minutes. And uh, when I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I flew Southwest Airlines when they were still relatively young and boy, they would get in those gates. I mean, they would land and they would taxi at 90 miles an hour to get to that gate people would get off, people would get on, and they were back out, right? So they, they knew airline, they knew aircraft that were sitting at the gate were not making any money. So, you know, they decided to, to implement this process of no assigned seating because they wanted to say yes to getting people, getting people, uh, you know, getting more flights, getting people in and out quicker. So good, good, good example, I think, for Southwest. So the one thing I want you to think about uh, is when you want to add something, so whether you want to add something in your business, whether you want to add an activity or a hobby. And I'm doing this with hobbies, too, because I'm really bad about having lots of different hobbies. One hobby I wanted to start last year, I think my wife might be listening to this, but, um, you know, was paragliding. I wanted to be a paraglider. So I was researching paragliding, and I was super excited about it because I think it's really cool, you know, to, to, to run down a mountain and get your parachute filled up and then, you know, soar with... With the, with the birds and catch the thermals and all that other stuff. I really was super interested in it. But then I started thinking, okay, what's it going to take for me to do that? So there's really no place around Colorado Springs that you can do that. If you want to do it, you got to go to Golden, Colorado. So you got to go to Boulder, Colorado, in the Front Range. They do it in Vail, Colorado. They do it in Aspen, Colorado. But those are you know, anywhere between three and six hours worth of driving. If, if I were to take up this hobby, you know, I wouldn't have any place really to do it. And uh, you know he was going to take time away from other things. So if I was going to do paragliding, how much time was that going to take away from cycling? How much time was that going to take away from something else? And so I actually made the conscious decision, for once in my life, to say, okay, I'm not going to do paragliding. And uh, and you know I'm, I, I wish I could, but but it, but it was the first time really I, I consciously said no to something uh, from a hobby standpoint, and I'm I'm, I'm glad I did. So you know, if you want to think about taking on something, you know, just take a piece of paper, create a T account. Most of you have done this where you have one column on the left, one column on the right, say what what it is you want to do. So what are you saying yes to? And what are the, the benefits of saying yes to that? But on the other side, say, what are you saying no to? And I think that's the more important exercise is you've got to really sit down and understand when you're going to add an additional service to your car wash or you're going to do something else. What are you saying no to? So you're going to double your prices. What are you saying yes to is more money. What are you saying no to, right? So what's going to happen as a result of that? And I think it's important to do that exercise before you make the choices. And uh, I think it's a great mental exercise to go through both in your professional life and your personal life. You know, one thing I've I've learned and as I listened uh, to different podcasts and to people that are being successful, most highly successful people are very good at saying no to most things. So as people get super successful, they get super famous, they get a ton of different opportunities. And in order for them to stay successful, they've got to learn what to say no to, you know. So they don't they don't say yes to everything. They say no to most things. You know, Warren Buffett has a quote that he says I attribute most of my success to saying no to most things, right? So you got to practice saying no. You got to figure out what situations to say no to. If you find yourself as somebody, you know, that says yes to a lot of things and you find yourself frustrated and regretful to that, practicing no, you know. You can always give yourself extra time if you end up in a situation where, you, you know, you need some extra time. Then you might say, hey, can I, can I let you know later, um, you know, if, 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 you, if you wanna give some, something, some thought. But, you know, don't, don't feel bad about saying no um, because, you know, you can't, you, you can't do everything um, anymore. So a couple, couple examples of that um, to minimize that is just making sure you focus on what you've got versus what you don't have. So, you know, you might, might minimize the amount of time you're on social media. If you feel like that's the problem, you know, you might focus on what you've got versus what you don't have. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can do to minimize that fear of missing out and, uh, and just be very clear about what you want to say no to. Right. So hopefully that gives you some ideas and gives you some help. If you want to, uh, if you want to chat about that, I'd love to visit with you. If you want, you can um, text me at the word foam to 31996. So 31996, text the word foam, and you can set up a time we can visit um, if you'd like to, if if I can help you with that process of figuring out what you want to be in the car wash world, and more importantly, what you don't want to be. But, uh, you know, we appreciate you listening and we you know, you can find us on all the different sites. If you, if you like this podcast and you're kind of involved in the car wash circles, you know, let other people know it's out there. Um, you know, it's, it's important to let them know. There's a great body of knowledge that we're gaining here, you know, by interviewing people and talking about different subjects. So, you know, if you're, you're an enhancement group or you're in a group of people, you know, let them know about the how of car washing. and We appreciate it. You can find it anywhere that you can find podcasts. So until next time, we appreciate you listening. Learn to say no. And this is David Begin for The How of Carwashing. Thank you for listening to The How of Carwashing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Carwashing.